0: An Irish lad and a South Sea Islander walk into a bar. The following are actual recordings from their conversations.
1: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of There On. With boys, Moo. And you what's cracking guys? On this episode of There On, we discuss the case of Lynn Harper. This case was the subject of biased police, ignored suspects, tweaking of evidence, and also resulted in the youngest person to be ever placed on death row in Canada, a 14-year-old boy. Holy shit. Let's dig in. On the 9th of June, 1959, Lynn Harper, a 12-year-old girl living in Ontario, Canada, finishes her dinner with her mother, Shirley, her father, Leslie, and her two siblings, Barry and Jeffrey, before stepping outside around 6.15 p.m. The sun had not yet set, and Lynn had made her way to the Air Vice Marshal Hugh Campbell School down the road from her home, where she was a student. Around 7 p.m., she is greeted by and starts speaking with a fellow student, Stephen Truscott. It's here that according to Stephen, Lynn asks if he would give her a ride on his bicycle to Highway Eight, so she could then hitchhike to a white house just north of the highway, where she would be able to see the ponies that were kept there. Stephen obliged, and with Flint on the handlebars of his bicycle, they set off towards Highway Eight. Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on.
1: <laughs> Are you think of what I'm thinking.
0: How is the parents like? That, oh, you finish your dinner, love. Yeah, no, we're twelve years old, old enough. You go and play. So that's the
1: elephant in the room, I think. Twelve-year-old girl allowed to? My question is:
0: there's more than one kid out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what? what is oh, going geez. on? I get like I understand this is a military base that they're on, but when, when what year is this? 1959, 1956, 50, or something like that. 1959.
0: That yeah. Is. Oh wow. I mean, I know it's a different time, but still. Probably wasn't a good time for us
1: dark-skinned people either. I don't know. Oh, calm yourself. Too far. (laughs) Let's continue. From this point, the true mystery begins. Stephen states that after they arrive at Highway 8, he says goodbye and leaves to head home in time to babysit his siblings. While riding back, he arrives at Bayfield Bridge, turns back to see Lynn getting to a late model Chevrolet with yellow plates. He watches the car drive east and then continues home himself. This would be the last supposed sighting of Lynn Harper alive. Oh, shit. I mean, good, good set of eyes on him. Well, um, I mean, like, saw that it was a Chevy. My eyesight's pretty crap. Saw it was a
0: Chevy with white
1: plates. Yellow plates? Uh, yellow plates, yeah. Didn't didn't make out the number plate, though. No. I mean, I guess the important thing is he turned back to you know, see his friend see how she gotten in she gets into a Chevy at. I suppose well I mean like I mean she's she's walking by herself at 6.15 anyway she's so. walking by
0: herself at 6.15 she says hey this is what I'm gonna go do I'd assume that he's probably like she does this on the reg
1: yeah I would assume the same yeah he's just like yeah okay alright you wanna yeah. go
0: see some ponies I'll ride you to the highway you do you do. you go Glen Coco you do your
1: thing <laughs> after hours go by Lynn's father, Leslie, becomes with the, concerned with the whereabouts of his little girl and contacts the police to report her missing at approximately 11.20pm. A search party is quickly assembled and a search begins to locate Lynn. With the search party consisting of an estimate of 250 people, including military, civilians and police, Lynn is found, two days after she's reported missing, in Lawson's bush, hidden under foliage, However, she is deceased. 250 people. That's a lot of people, man. That's a lot of people. Mi- military, so uh, like to... civilians, and stuff. I guess the crappy thing is, is Lawson's bush from uh, their home, from what we've researched, kind of... it's not far, right?
0: No, it's not far at all. Like, Lynn's home. Term... Yeah! Wow! Like, within reason, that's a very very short distance. Two so then, was like, days. I wonder where they were basing their search. Like,
1: yeah, because did a very she good tell question. her parents that she was going to go talk about like the ponies well, or what? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's where they checked first. Maybe towards that area. That would make, I guess, two days because I think from where their their farm because they have a farm. Located to where the body is found, that's all bush. I would assume they would search through that first.
0: Well, if you assume that, that yeah. I don't know, it's very interesting.
1: I probably shouldn't assume things either. would be try said. not to assume, yeah. <laughs> Continuing on. Lynn had been raped and murdered by strangulation with her own blouse, which was still around her neck when she was found. Her body was present with larvae and maggots, which would become crucial evidence in years to come but would not be taken into account at the time. An autopsy would be performed by Dr. John Penistar, the regional pathologist, in a small and poor lit room in the Clinton Funeral Home, with the doctor issuing three versions of the autopsy report, with each report stating different times of death. His first two reports would claim Lynn's time of death to be after 8pm, and his third report would settle on her time of death being between 7.15pm and 7.45pm. However, by the time the doctor had released his third report, police had announced they already had a suspect. That suspect would be Stephen Truscott.
0: Wait, wait, what? How did they manage that?
1: Well, the police would alter the timeline of events to put the time of death before 8pm, because they knew they couldn't pin it on him at, after 8 because he was home, babysitting his siblings. Fuck them. Yeah, those shady cops. Dogs. Bitches. On the 12th of June, 1959, Stephen Truscott is arrested for the murder of Lynn Harper and would stand trial awaiting prosecution. Despite Stephen's review of events and multiple witnesses stating that they saw Stephen and Lynn ride towards Highway 8 together, and then later seeing Stephen alone, approaching his home towards 8pm, it would be the testimony of Dr. Penistan that would be the difference maker. The doctor would state that the murder would have occurred between 7pm and 7.45pm when Lynn was in the company of Stephen, based on the contents he found in Lynn's stomach, a full meal. He would go on to say, The stomach normally takes two hours to empty, and her last meal was around 5.45pm. Subsequent research shows that the stomach can take up to six hours to empty. With the total lack of physical evidence against him, the court would find Stephen guilty regardless and sentenced him to hang. Bullshit. This doctor's just a dick, right?
0: But they're saying, okay, so 6.15, they have a yarn. they go for a ride to Highway 8. How far away is Highway 8? Oh,
1: it's not that far. Not that far at all. It just... It, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. It, it's obviously these these times. is from 7pm 7 to 7.45. I think 7.45, he's he's crossed the bridge with her, chopped her off at Highway 8, and then is seen going back They're alone. basically
0: assuming that he is a fucking ninja. <laughs> because like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go over a bridge with her, I'm gonna come back alone, and she's gonna end up in a bush on my way back, but no one's gonna see me bring her back.
1: Yeah. Like it doesn't It no, just doesn't compute. It doesn't my, compute. My mindset is this doctor's a dick. I hate this doctor. I hate the whole I hate all the authority in this situation, <laughs> fuck them. Oh my god, I hope things turn around. In nineteen sixty Stephen would have his charge commuted to life in prison, while still proclaiming his innocence. It would not be until 1969 that Stephen would be released on parole under an assumed name. Keeping a low profile, it would be the year 2000, when his case was featured on a documentary, The Fifth Estate, that his trial would be portrayed and seen as a miscarriage of justice. This drew the attention of the Association in Defense of the Wrongly Convicted where they would file a successful appeal to have his case reopened the following year of 2001.
0: Oh, wait on. That's that's interesting. So wait. So he was convicted and sentenced in 1959. Right, yeah. Um, he would... And then in 1969... Gets out on parole. Gets out on parole under a assumed name. Yeah. So is that like, hey, we're going to let you get out of jail. Don't tell anyone. That would suck, man. I wonder if that was their way of going, we fucked up. So to save you, save us. Oh. We're going to let you out. You can't talk to your friends. You can't do this. You're going to have an assumed name, different identity. Everything about you is going to be completely different now. And we feel guilt-free.
1: Yeah. I I agree. They're like, because they know they're in the wrong like, Look, we stuffed up. Let's just give an him out on parole and change his name. You know, he's still free. Yeah, technically he's free. That's interesting. <sighs> I mean... He'd have to cut ties with like
0: everyone and everything. Because yeah. you'd assume that if he if he fudged that up, that would be in breach of his parole and you'd go straight back to jail. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. At this point, I just feel sorry for the dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh. they just they've they've pinned him against the wall. Yeah.
1: No spit told him to take <laughs> it. <laughs> you, you take it. Shout out to the guys that did the documentary though. Oh yeah, damn straight. Yeah, this is this is the power of documentaries, you know. Shout out to David Attenborough. We, that yeah, boy. We, yes, the power <laughs> of documentaries is ridiculous.
0: There is another one that we might go into another time. I don't want to give anything away, Ooh. but it's ridiculous how much it brought things up and changed things in America to go investigate people.
1: All right, that's what I want to see because these these people need to investigate but Anyway, anyway, yeah, let's get back on with this one. In 2006, at the Ontario Court of Appeal, Stephen Truscott's lawyers would begin the road to seeking justice. The proceeding would focus on evidence that wasn't available to Truscott's lawyers at the time of his original trial, as well as the presentation of new evidence. A review of the original autopsy was done and dismissed the findings done by Dr. John Peniston. This included the doctor's statement that Lynn would have died in a 45-minute window from her leaving her home. Blowflies, maggots, and insect activity on the body raised serious doubts that Lynn had died as earlier stated on the final autopsy report in 1959. New testimonies from original witnesses were also key contributing factors to the appeal. Karen Duam, who was nine years old in 1959, had told police that she had seen Stephen and Lynn near the railroad tracks just north of Lawson's Bush at about 7.15 p.m she would later state she saw them further south. Another witness, Gordon Logan, who was 12 years old in 1959, original statement was brought back as evidence, stating that he witnessed Stephen and Lynn cross the bridge of Bayfield together, and then, five minutes later, saw Stephen cross back over the bridge, alone. That, I mean, that was my thought too, I guess. Well. That's because the too, distance, it's not far, man. There's not much distance, so the
0: bush is like literally in the middle of everything. So if you if you go up the road that they're talking about, where they where they picked up, right, right, and then they ride, they go over, is it over the bridge? They go over the bridge to get to the over highway, over the gray, bay, Bayfield River Bridge, yeah, to get to the highway. Like the highway is a considerable distance, yeah, right. So. Yeah, like there's only a small bit of time that they're actually within the like within the area of Lawson's bush. After that, they're past him.
1: Yeah. Shout out to the pathologist who took over the autopsy and dismissed that dick doctor's first findings.
0: But why wasn't the twelve year old and nine year old's
1: testimony brought up? Hey, that's a good question.
0: Was it just like, yo, yeah, your kids, what would you know?
1: Yeah, I guess I mean when, what were things like back then, 1959? I wasn't alive, so <laughs> I wouldn't I would seem to be like, are you kids? What the hell do you know?
0: You see, the thing is, in an investigation, regardless of 1959 or 2020, in an investigation, anything that relates to the murder or to the crime in question... You've got to treat it with respect. You've right? got to treat it with respect. Yeah. Because you don't know what little lead or what little part of a lead is going to lead you to the successful conviction of the person that actually did the wrong thing. Yeah.
1: And this is in Canada. Nicest place in the world. Canada, eh? Shout out to our Canadian listeners. Stephen's defense lawyers would also discuss the shady operations of the police officers who would make Stephen their prime suspect, stating that the investigation had come to a halt and all other leads and tips were ignored. Here are some suspects that were ignored despite the history. One a convicted pedophile who was stationed at Clinton Bates, the location of Lynn and Stephen's home and school, where an officer would later inform the court that he believes the man was capable of murder.
0: Fuck off. They would have known that there was a convicted pedophile on base. Was he not interviewed straight up?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point, it's it's just got a reflection of the police officers, right? Yeah, professionalism, in yeah. case, yeah. Damn. Two a former salesman who drove a 1957 Chevy and often visited the Clinton base. The man came to police attention after he attempted to overpower the wife of a retired detective. The man would later be a suspect in a further six murders, not including Lynn Harbors. Not going to lie, that's a pretty strong suspect there, guys. And he drives a Chevy. Well, well. well but Chevy's coming back in I don't know I mean
0: like either he's got the worst luck in the fucking world to be <laughs> a suspect of six other murders not including Linz and drive a fucking Chevy around the Clinton bays or he's a pretty fucking good suspect can you just should- imagine if this dude was completely innocent He just like, man six murders I'm not gonna lie it doesn't
1: matter <sighs> he was man. only a suspect he was never convicted this is true three a convicted rapist who lived in a nearby town of Seaforth and worked as an electrician on the Clinton base. He has visited the Harper home before the murder to repair a clothes dryer. After Lynn's murder, he moved to the US where he was charged with sexual offences.
0: And what, did they ever say something about, like, hey, why
1: did you move here? And he was like, nothing sus I mean, yeah. I would, I would assume, I guess, charged with sexual offences more than one. That maybe they're on his towel for a little bit. Would you well, assume?
0: Maybe not. Maybe he's just like I did a thing and now I need to go. Because yeah. if I'm in the area, I might get questioned.
1: And I think surely oh, here again, I'm assuming the police's business. Would they not ask the family? Would there be anyone you think that maybe wanted to harm? Who has
0: been in and out of your house? That's kind of the like the first weeks? thing you would ask people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shady, shady. Has anyone new come into your life? Have you noticed anyone outside the door? Have you noticed? It? Blah blah blah. We should be cops. Well,
1: let's not do that. 4. A minister who was later accused of sexual assault from his own adult daughters. One of the daughters informed police that when she was 6 years old, she hid in her father's car when he went for a drive. She claimed he stopped on the gravel road and opened his trunk. When she peeked through the window, she allegedly saw him carrying the body of a girl towards some trees. About half an hour later, he went, Turned to the car alone.
0: Oh, I fucking quit. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's and pretty what, damning evidence. That's pretty fucking damning evidence. And I right, even, you know, went adult daughters. So within like, I don't know, let's say, let's say 14 years, the six-year-old was 20 at the time when she yeah, decided to do that Yeah, that seems yeah. Let's say, so, so 14 years after 1959. So we're now at... 19 what 1973 yeah give a take 1973 and could have turned around and went hey by the way this is interesting this is the area we lived in there was a murder that was completely unsolved well it wasn't unsolved someone went to jail, but there was a bit of controversy around it my, <laughs> i think my
1: dad might be an actual suspect here i mean either way her statement is my dad's carried the body of a girl towards some trees the come back alone get- <laughs> investigate that shit. Is that girl still there? Was it a girl? Was it a boy? Was
0: it, a, it She saw a body get put in a bush and then... You checked that just, shit. They're just like, oh, okay. Whereabouts? Oh, well, we lived in this area and that was probably like the, only, the, the only farm area <laughs> in that area was right here.
1: Oh, okay. That's interesting. And he's a minister. He, he's probably... He's a culprit behind everything. I bet you there's a secret cult in this damn army base. They're just, they're just taking away little girls. That's what—that's what's happening. I've busted this case already. You forgot your tinfoil cap. Yeah, all right. Anyway. In August of 2007, Stephen will be acquitted of all charges and the following year will be awarded $6.5 million in compensation for his time spent behind bars. After all was said and done, Stephen would have this to say. The Crown had most of this information 48 years, 2 months, and 19 days ago. The Crown chooses to not think about justice. It would almost rather appear they're more interested in convictions." I gotta agree with that last statement, Just, you know.
0: That's a, it's a pretty good statement.
1: And like- this is just one case. They, they,
0: as I said, they pinned him up against the wall. No spit, take it like <laughs> a fourteen-year-old boy. Yeah, he didn't get like no chance in hell. Was he ever going to break that? Even with everyone's witnessing, like all the witnesses saying, "Well, hold on, this is what I saw." It doesn't really work with your
1: story. The, the timelines had timeline tampered match. with. No,
0: they didn't even tampered with. They didn't match.
1: Yeah, they were. They've just completely ignored the statements of. More, more, more than two witnesses that we know of, just based on the research that we've done. Yeah. The, the, I guess, you know, the spacing from the home to the school to, we you know, where Lynn's body was found. The people in the area that they probably should have interviewed. Yeah.
0: The people of interest, other suspects. He, yeah, he's damn right. Like, all right, so what? Because I'm the last person with someone I'm convicted straight away. Possibly, yeah, like, yeah. Hit they all they wanted it's like I wonder was someone up for a
1: promotion and they just needed to tie this loose end as quickly as possible to get that promotion? Like, You're right, maybe. And you know, the police is like can maybe the commission's like, look, you solve this case, you got my job. Maybe, it's like, Sweet. It might have been we need like cause they're on an air, an air,
0: an Air Force base, like that's you know they have the bases and they have all the homes around them for the officers. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Right, so they're there. So is it the squeaky clean? Oh, um, it's like their reputation? image. Reputation, yeah, it's an image thing. Well, we've had a murder here that needs to be fixed straight away because we're the shit. Yeah,
1: maybe and like
0: the, this the, doesn't happen here. The big bossman's like, I don't care what you do. Like, it doesn't. Have, it, up. it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. It just has to be the. Well, I suppose it's a conspiracy in a way, but is yeah. it just a case of like, there's been a bad thing you've got to fix this shit, yeah. because we have a reputation to uphold that we are <laughs> we're canada <laughs> <laughs> we are good clean wholesome people eh and then like it's like, all right let's get the testimony oh so steven was the last bloke to see uh see lynn alive oh they were riding together and he rode back alone oh, okay cool it looks like it'll be this guy what do you reckon doc oh you have three you have three different autopsy reviews and one of them says it was before. Sorry,
1: two of them say before eight o'clock. Uh, you know what? He's up. Here's a hundred dollar bill. Why do not you change that report? I, I still hate this doctor. I just I don't care if he's innocent or not. He's he got. Fired. He should be charged for after all. tampering with evidence or something. End of the
0: day, after everything has been said and done, yeah, two lives have been drastically changed. Elaborate. What do you? How do you mean? Well, Stephen spent at least ten years behind behind bars. After that, had a new alias where he couldn't contact his family or anyone.
1: That's hard, you know. But yeah, he got what six point five million or something out of it. Does that make up for? That doesn't compensate for losing your childhood. I guess no, losing essentially everything who you are,
0: and then being always looked at as a suspect. Yeah. Yeah, he would still be looked at
1: as a suspect and I think getting out on parole having that alias as you said you can't have contact with your family or your friends he would still to this day
0: be looked at as no 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 because of this evidence points him at this so he's always going to be a suspect in this crime yeah but the I just second feel, life I feel the good. second life is the one that was extinguished her herself Lins, yeah 12 year old girl just wanted to go see some ponies ends up fucking dead like that's shit yeah and like, it does no justice to her death conveniently locking
1: up someone. Potentially one of her friends. Still unsolved and I guess of just the four suspects that we've gone through I don't know if they're still alive. <clears throat> potentially if one of those are the suspects and they've passed away Lynn's there's no justice for Lynn. There's no justice for Lynn and it's shit. And it's as you're completely right. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about it. Two lives have... Well, more than two lives were changed. Well the family would change, never yeah,
0: it's, it's it's really, it's a really it's really bad situation. And like stuff like this does happen, you know. Like okay. if you if you have ever seen
1: the uh it's like a documentary sort of thing called Making a Murderer. Okay. Now I know a few years back you told me to to, to watch it and I had watched it until a certain point where I was waiting for the next episode and I just hadn't fallen through They it.
0: were okay. They they basically same thing with what they'd done with uh, Stephen Steven They basically turned around and went well, this is really convenient. Yeah. We have reasonable evidence to say that he done it, but we have no physical evidence. So we need to plant shit or change things to make it so that that person
1: is, yeah, the criminal. You and know? this is just one single case in Canada. This is not taking consideration as you would see in like media and it doesn't take into consideration. Pop culture, you know, hundreds of different cases. Australia, even worldwide. Damn. Hundreds of different cases worldwide where this happens. It's as dark as it is. I guess there are some positivities. Stephen now um, has three children. Um, obviously, he was compensated. Doesn't help with the time that he's um, he's lost. Um, as dark as a case this is. Um, hopefully, one day Lynn's family can uh, get a bit of peace of mind, closure. Maybe some
0: justice is served. Yeah, maybe some justice and some truth will come out sometime.
1: Did they ever reopen the case, try and find it again? I think they did. Um, they reviewed a few more of the autopsy details and things like that. But as you're well aware with all your research, over time, you know, evidence can be corrupted and, you know, things go missing. And now in our day and age, I guess we, we really have those advancements in technology and I think that, Yep, it definitely would would help us now if we still had some of that evidence, but um yeah, what, what but, can we do? You know what? It was a I just I feel for the family. I feel yeah, for everyone involved. This but, is a really sad case, but we you know, you got to one thing we'll leave you with is what are your thoughts? Do you think it's one of the four suspects that you know that we've researched on, that we've read on or do you think it was Steve?
0: Oh, yeah like I'm not saying I don't like as I said timelines didn't add up and all the rest of it yeah. but who do you think do you think it was Steve or do you think it was one of the four that did it what do you reckon I'm, I'm I'm minister bro you go minister yeah damn I'm minister i he does look pretty shady
1: minister Dr Pella, whatever the hell his name is and the police <clears throat> I'm calling it they're a secret cult in oh, that stupid AMA if that is
0: the case it probably isn't that they're a cult it's probably more of a small town we got to look after because this is too much controversy if what you're saying is true that could have been like alright all the heads of the department essentially turning around saying well look I'm going to have to look after you look after you to look after you because we're going to, have to pin this on someone because if it gets out we all we that we're the done. minister did this then yeah. you know a lot of things are going to be pulled into question
1: I might uh, try and read up a little bit more see if anything happens to this minister there's still the fact that he's carrying a girl around in the trunk let come back a little. Yeah, I'll get back to that one. We'll get back to that one. Look guys, that's it for uh, for this episode. So we called the last ride. Uh, Who killed Lynn Harper? If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at there podcast. And if you haven't already, also listen to our Story Time Shorts. They're going to be a big thing. Um, we discuss my error and um, spreading rumors that my principal is dead yeah that was a big mistake yeah he's not he's alive well. I'm sorry um, any last words uh, you know what I'm good I'm good it was a bit of a sad episode not as much
0: humour as usual but
1: something to twist the something mind something a, a bit, bit different yeah, yeah. Uh, stay safe keep those distances guys we'll see you real soon keep it easy peace <laughs>